Welcome to Bears on Tap, brought to you by ontapsportsnet.com and presented by Manscaped. If you're looking for the best manscaping products on the planet, go to manscaped.com and browse their awesome selection. The Lawnmower 3.0 brings you 7,000 RPMs of skin safe technology so you don't nick your balls or any other sensitive areas. Are you looking to keep your boys fresh all day long? No problem. Go and pick up the ball toner and deodorant so you're fresh all day long. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code ONTAP to get 20% off and free shipping on all your manscaping needs. Red Grange joined us immediately after his last collegiate game against Ohio State. Yeah. And you say Shot City. Shot City. Shot City. Coming home again. Quick pitch to Walter, looking for the record, cuts back, he's got it, he's out of it at 25. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. You know they said that money calling, that money on the phone. What is going on, everyone, and welcome back to Bears on Tap. You can go ahead and follow us at Bears on Tap or follow on Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. I'm Lucas Perfetti. You can go ahead and follow me at Lucas Perfetti 46. And I'm also joined alongside by my guy, Duke Coughlin, at that pod guy, Duke and beat on 300, Mr. Brandon Suarez. Um, today, we have a pretty packed episode. Obviously, Deshaun Watson requested to get traded. So everyone is willing to give up the entire franchise for him. Um or I, I don't even know if that's official, but we got a couple other things going on. Injury report episode for the uh, Bears and Saints game. We're going to do a couple playoff picks for you. Uh, talk about the all pro snub. Um, also, we have an all pro Quan t-shirt out on the website now, if you want to go check it out. Um, I also have the link somewhere in my in my Twitter feed, but definitely hashtag all pro Quan. We've been kind of getting that trend a little bit, so that's dope as hell. And um, yeah, gentlemen, how we doing? Yeah, you know, it's certainly been a long week. Uh, it's been a wild week, you know, kind of going through everything with the Watson stuff with the, uh, you know, obviously the all pro selections. I think that got all of us pretty worked up, you know, just not even that Roquan didn't get picked, but a lot of the selections got picked over him that were felt felt a little egregious, you know, all quality players. But yeah, overall, you know, it's kind of almost been um, something to distract us about the fact that we're still playing play a football on Sunday because of how much has been kind of churning around Bears social media this week. Um, but yeah, you know, I guess uh, I'm ready to just kind of roll into it. Are you done? Yeah, I'm ready for playoff football. I mean, it's something that we all thought we were going to get last season. We thought that we were going to be able to build off the 2018 season. As it sits right now in two or three seasons, Jag off of the year Matt Nagy has brought us to the playoffs. doesn't matter how we got here. doesn't matter what our record is. And it doesn't matter what's happened over the last four months. What hap- What matters is what happens out there on Sunday. And this team has an opportunity to go out there, win in advance. And I honestly, in my heart of hearts, think that's what's going to happen this weekend. I hate you so much. Hey, in your, in your heart in of my, hearts. And my fart of farts while I'm <laughs> tucking my sack and farting on my own balls. I mean, no, I, yeah, I think, um, obviously there's a lot to cover, but it's, I think Duke kind of hit the nail on the head saying people kind of completely forgot that there was a playoff game this week. 
like with the whole Deshaun Watson news dropping, that was more of a thing. And then it kind of just fed into to today with the all pro selections. Um, so let's kick it off with the Deshaun Watson thing. Cause I, I just want to acknowledge the reality of the situation. I think that Deshaun Watson is a, a very good player. Okay. You can't sell him short. There are some things that he does. Maybe holds on to the ball a little bit too long, but the reality is he's a very good player and the bears probably made a mistake by drafting Mitchell Trubisky over Deshaun Watson, whatever you want to say about Matt Nagy and his tutelage and all that stuff, all aside right now, the product of Deshaun Watson is clearly better than Mitchell Trubisky. No doubt about it. But my thought process is if I'm not mistaken, First of all, the Houston Texans pretty much said they're not interested in trading Deshaun Watson, and they have all the leverage because he just signed a contract that's pretty much keeping him there for like the duration of 2020. But, or I'm sorry, the, the duration of the 2020s, I guess, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so decade. Essentially of his career. Yeah, you, you get what I'm saying. But the reality is they're probably not going to want to trade him. But if they do want to trade him, it's going to be for two firsts and two seconds and also a player. I just want to get your guys' gut reaction first before I kind of describe the the effects of it. Go ahead, Don. So, yeah, my initial reaction, and I actually, you know, I'm in the group chat with you guys with all the Bears Twitter people, and I am not as active in it, but I saw the Tyron Matthew tweet, and I instantly quote tweeted it, and I said, not this week. We have a playoff game to prepare for, and Mitch is going to bring us back to W. Like, right now is not the fucking time to be talking about a quarterback for the future. Like, what the fuck are we doing? We have Mitch. We have Nick Foles. We have who we have right now. We have the horses in the stable that have gotten us this far. The offseason starts when that last whistle blows and we are not ahead on the scoreboard. And until then, I don't want to hear anything about Deshaun Watson. We can maybe talk about Ted Phillips getting fired or some of these other people in the front office or coaching staff getting fired. But personnel-wise, I mean, it's going to light a fire under Mitch's ass. I think Mitch, Mitch is probably pissed to hear that. I know Mitch oh, may not have fucking furious. He may not. Sure. Ha- he may not have a home here long term, and he may know that. But right now, that is a slap in the face to Mitchell Trubisky and then other potential players that could be involved in that trade. And obviously, we don't know who that would be, but just putting that out there, I think it's kind of typical Chicago Bears media and. Twitter jagoffery right at the wrong time when, when our focus should be on the game and the, and the task at hand. Yeah. And you know, what kind of makes this a hundred times worse is the fact that not only are we talking about a quarter, you know, potentially a quarterback of the future, kind of like you were alluding to beat on, but it just has to be a quarterback from that fucking 2017 draft. Like what better to just instill all of Chicago's confidence in Mr. Trubisky than just just reach over Deshaun Watson. Talk about how you would trade your entire team for Deshaun Watson. Talk about how you would trade first round picks for Deshaun Watson. Listen, man, you know, I think Lucas kind of nailed all of it. Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback at this point in his career right now. Obviously, you know, we should have drafted Deshaun Watson. I, I think that's just kind of the point where we're at. You know, we have to be I able to admit Mitch. that. Hey, we, all, we all love Mitch, you know what I mean? But it's just something that we have to admit. But that all being said, man, I kind of like the idea of having a first round pick this year. I kind of like the idea of having some first round picks to kind of build up, 
You know, like we, you know, I, I brought this up in a tweet earlier this week. We mortgage our future for Jay Cutler. We mortgage our future for Cleo Mack. Like we have sent so many of our first round picks in the last 10 years, just away and I'm done. And I want to actually use this first round pick. If we want a quarterback to happen, we can't just keep trying to pull one out of air. You know, as much as everyone says that Deshaun Watson is obviously a confirmed franchise quarterback, you know, that's giving up a lot. What is he honestly coming to in Chicago? That would be that much better than Houston. If we give up and mortgage our future to get him, you know what I mean? It's like getting a great quarterback, like say like a Matt Ryan back when he was in his prime, but Atlanta didn't have jack shit around him, you know, until they drafted Julio Jones. But besides that, you know, you need to surround your quarterback with weapons. Like it's as simple as that. Are you selling my guy Roddy short? Okay, Roddy White. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you Roddy White. He's so funny on Twitter too. He's funny as hell on Twitter. One thing I wanted to say though, and this is uh something that I took away from the National Signing Day press conference that I had at NIU. I asked Coach Hammock, uh obviously with college football, the transfer portal works the same way that free agency does. A lot of people are in it this year. A lot of people were in it last year. And you see players go to different teams. It happened with Joe Burrow, happened with Justin Fields, it happens with the high echelon players and it happens with roster man number 53 but one thing that he said to me and it stuck with me i asked him you know my final question that i had in the press conference was you know are you searching in the transfer portal for any last second you know needs that you have for your roster and one thing that he told me and this is a man that's you know worked on playoff teams in the nfl worked at the college level he goes if you look at the teams like the Patriots, the Ravens, the Steelers, all these teams that are powerhouses, those teams are built through the draft and they develop their players. They don't try to find a cop-out bullshit way to where they can go find a free agent and try and fill that hole. It's a, it's a band-aid. It's not a permanent fix. I think we have a great GM when it comes to the draft. I think we have great scouts in finding late-round talent in the draft. Let's keep our draft pick try to keep some money in our pockets and get some money off the books. Let's not mortgage another farm for a coulda, shoulda, woulda situation that we should have pulled the trigger on three years back. Yeah. And I'm exactly, and I'm going to just kind of continue on what beat on saying, because I'm going to explain logistically why this is a very, very dumb idea that will not happen. And I will gladly play this clip exactly on my own Twitter feed. If it, if the bears somehow trade for Deshaun Watson, I I do want to put a disclaimer out there. If there was some way that maybe it was Khalil Mack and a first round pick and like a a second round pick in two years, I could see that being beneficial, but you'll find out why in a second. The reality is, first of all, you look at the Ryan pace and Deshaun Watson relationship. Ryan Pace didn't interview Deshaun Watson. If Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are staying, why in God's name would Deshaun Watson want to go work for the guy or be traded for by the guy that didn't interview him in the first place, looked over him, first of all, right? Second of all, you talk about Deshaun Watson coming to this team and it's ultimately a Super Bowl contender. I think realistically, you can white knuckle it for a year or two and you do have a Super Bowl contending roster. Uh, you're going to have to make drastic cuts by 2022, no doubt about it after his fifth year option ends. But I think realistically you have a t- pretty much a two year window where if you don't win a Super Bowl, things will start bottoming out because now you are going to, you're not going to have the draft capital to make up for the losses of the Watson contract because you have Mac Bojack and a couple other huge contracts that you cannot get out from under can't cut them. Otherwise you're going to lose money because how much guaranteed money you have out there. Um, 
So then you're going to have to start seeing these players like Akeem Hicks and, you know, you're going to have to replace your tackles, Charles Leno and Bobby Massey, who are actually going to be team options that can be cut, but who are you going to replace them with a fourth round pick, maybe a, uh, a signing like a Jermaine Effetti. Hopefully it works out type thing. So you're starting to see your, your roster deteriorate and all of your, your solid players that you've already paid are now going to start leaving. And now you have to hope that Deshaun Watson is good enough to take your team over the hump with a lot of essentially UDFAs and late round picks. And I know Ryan Pace is great in the late rounds, but my, my thought process is if you're going to go all in on a quarterback, you either want to do a pay him a ton of money or B give up the draft capital to get him on his rookie contract. You don't want to do both because now you don't want to surround. Now you're not able to surround that quarterback with the talent and the team will eventually bottom out. And by the time you are able to actually have the capital and salary cap to, to start building around him, he's almost going to be out of that contract. So this is, this is why it won't work logistically. And then if you think about Deshaun Watson's perspective and his agent, if your problem in Houston is the fact that you have a stretch salary cap, no draft capital to build around you, and it looks like you're in purgatory for the next few years, what in God's name, why in God's name would his agent ship him to a place where that exact same thing would happen again? And rant. Yeah. And I mean, in, in all honesty, the Houston Texans have had more playoff success than us in the last few years, you know, uh, that's as simply as I can put it, you know, they've been in, they've played in three, three playoff games where we've played in two. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but that just kind of shows why would he go somewhere that doesn't even have the equal amount of success of where he's currently at? Like, why would he want to leave that? And, you know, another thing that was kind of popping in my head, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the one that's a dickhead and we'll talk about Deshaun Watson holding on to the football too long. Dude, he has Laramie Tunsil as his blindside left tackle right now. You're telling me he's going to trade that for a guy like Charles Leno? Uh, all, all I'm saying is I don't see a situation where this benefits Deshaun Watson to where he would want to push for this trade in the first place. And in all honesty, we're not entirely sure this trade is going to happen yet. You know, even though they didn't sign the GM that they that Deshaun Watson wanted, all that takes is him sitting down with that GM and having a real football talk with him to see if Deshaun's actually bought in or not. And who knows, this all could change all. All I know. And Lucas, you made a point of this on Twitter earlier this week, kind of about how a Rob and his agent kind of just made noise. You know what I mean? They made noise because they wanted negotiations to go right. They made noise because they wanted things to start going their way in the organization. This kind of seems like a similar thing. You know, Deshaun Watson obviously feels like he doesn't have enough say so in the organization by who's being hired and who's being brought in. And this could possibly be a cry like, you know, yeah, I'm demanding you to trade me. But in all essence, I really just want a little bit more fucking say so with this team. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I don't know if, if he was told that he was going to be in on it and then not in on it. I understand his frustrations for sure. Um, but it, Aaron Rodgers didn't get a say in Matt LaFleur and that guy's going to be a, a fucking first ballot hall of famer. So like, I don't know why he should have a say in that. I mean, maybe he should because he's a young franchise quarterback, but I just, I don't see the logic there. And like, like I prefaced, you know, if, if they led him to believe he was going to be a part of this and then completely cut him out, I understand why he's frustrated, but I don't think any quarterback or any specific player should have that kind of swing. Cause then it turns into essentially the NBA and LeBron it's James a, and being it's like, a lot of he said, she said away right now, man. Yeah. And it's, it's bullshit at the end of the day. And like, you know, I think it's actually funny that people are running with the fact that, you know, the weatherman's like, yo, he followed me. Like the weatherman from Chicago is like, yo man, he followed me. He wants to come here. Like it's, it's very clearly like making noise to be like, Hey, start fucking like 
cooperating with me because at the end of the day, if Houston Houston's not going to trade him, first of all, to a team without a top three pick, why, why the fuck would you get rid of Deshaun Watson for uh, possibly giving him to a team that's going to compete for a Super Bowl for the next two years? So you get what a couple 20 or 32 round or 32 overall picks or whatever it is, maybe 22, like get the fuck out of here. They're not going to do that in the first place. And, and uh, yeah, it's just not logistically going to happen. I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to go anywhere unless there's like major restructurings where it's essentially like they void the contract. Like if there's a will, there's a way they can find a way to do it. But I just, he's going to end up, he's going to end up and you guys are going to hate me for saying it. He's going to end up in Pittsburgh or he's going to end up in new England. And I know Belichick's not going to want to pay him that money, but Belichick definitely is not going to pass up on a talent like that, especially when the there's week. a pipeline. Cause the guy that they just hired was from new England. You better believe that Bill Belichick has no problem. No, the new GM Bill Belichick has no oh, problem yeah. sending out his army into the NFL and fucking filtering talent to his team in any way possible. I don't yeah, see, I, I could see him long playing the, Houston Texans sending Billy O'Brien over there to fuck it up and then get Deshaun Watson for him. I don't doubt it for a second. He probably find find a way to have Houston he eat most of the money, starting a new fucking dynasty. That's Billy B for or Billy uh, yeah Billy say, B. I was gonna say too. I saw everyone pull their Madden trade machine up. I saw people offering Portillos. I saw damn near everything out. You know, in Madden, I'm running this trade a hundred out of a hundred times. In real life. The logistics of it, it's just not going to work. It's It looks great on the trade machine and in all these crazy tinfoil hat blogs. But when it comes down to the numbers and the actual real effect that it'll have on this franchise, especially if it doesn't go well, which when we try to make catastrophic moves like this, they tend not to go well. It's going to fuck us up for another five to ten years, and we just can't afford to do that. So, Yeah, and just on the topic of this as well, um, I know – Chuck Pagano will probably steal Jag off of the week. He usually does find a way to do so. Um, but Danny Parkins came out with a tweet, so I'm definitely going to have to nominate him early. I said yesterday on the Parkins show, I would agree to trade every first round pick to the Texans in exchange for Deshaun Watson as long as he's on the Bears. So if he's on in Chicago for eight years, they get eight first round picks. He's that good. And that is like literally the most Jag offer take I've ever heard in my entire life. You're telling me you give away your first round pick every single year. And it like, he like try to justify it by saying that first rounders don't matter anyways. And I don't think he understands that. Like that you said, these, the, the Ravens, no, that's, that's real. That's Danny Parkins tweeted that off of wow. his personal account. And it was just wow. like, and now I know why, because someone on the radio said some stupid shit like that and said he's worth it. So that's why a bunch of people are saying you should try. I mean, I'm not going to compare Sean Watson to Ricky Williams, but you saw what happened to the saints after they traded for Ricky Williams. You know what I mean? Like yeah, at the end of the day, was on, you know, who was in on that trade, bro. The coach. We will always, we will always have that sweet ass fucking video of Dick walking up to the podium with fucking fake dreads. It's like the greatest thing ever. He's such a jag off. Yeah, no, but the, <laughs> the reality is like, I just, I, I, I think that's insane. And, and as like Bidon was talking about with coach hammock, the the best teams like the Steelers, like the Ravens, you know, they very rarely trade those first round picks for talent. They will for sure. And, and they don't even pick in the first round that much, but they use that to to move backward and grab some of those guys in the second round, like a Cole Komet, like a Jalen Johnson that has really no right being in the second round, but they are, you know what I mean? So I think um, all the, all the really good teams know how to manipulate the draft board and strike. And when it's, when it's necessary and stuff like that and move back and, and, and accumulate more picks, which I have to say, Ryan Pace is way more on the opposite end. He does give away more picks than he, than he, um, 
than he gets, but that's why you end up with guys like Darnell Mooney and shit like that. So um, go ahead, Vidon. One thing I want to say too, uh, and this could be, I could be wrong on this because we're still probably about a couple months out from the combines and the pro days, but I do think that the stigma surrounding this year's draft is kind of a false narrative. I think that if you weren't able to get a good enough look at some of the college prospects, unless it's like a guy like Trey Lance that only got his one showcase game, then you got to look at your scouts. There was plenty of games played. I feel that the pro days will probably be held in a better fashion than they were last year. And I feel like the draft will be a lot better than we may have thought it would have been two months ago. Well, see, I, I think the biggest thing with a lot of those scouts and, you know, honestly, beat on, I'm really excited to do some draft coverage with you. Cause I, it's one of my favorite times of the year, honestly, is doing all that mocks and all that fun stuff. Um, but I really think this is actually going to be a really deep draft. And it's because I think, you know, yes, guys, you know, you're going to have your first round guys who everyone's going to know how they play. They're going to know who those players are, but there are going to be those guys in the second, third, fourth, fifth, you know, all the way through that are going to kind of fall per- through the cracks, you know, because you're kind of projecting from their junior year, or their sophomore year, or whatever. And they enter the draft after COVID yeah. for sure. Yeah, because there's a lot of guys, you know, they're late, you know, and I brought this up on a podcast probably a couple weeks ago. They're late bloomers within the season. They're the guys who don't get it going until week seven, week eight, or, you know, even championship season. And a lot of those guys didn't get that opportunity. You know what I mean? They played five, six regular season games. They never really got that chance to get that extra oomph, but they know they're good enough that they wanted to take the chance by going into the draft. Cause there's, you know, there's an old adage that, you know, staying for your senior year, staying an extra year is like one of the worst mistakes you can make. A lot of those guys take it to heart, whether they get playing time or not, because they see how talented they are. I think there is, I think this is an insanely deep draft just because I think so many guys are going to fall because beat on, like you said, you know, maybe you're, maybe you need to reevaluate your scouts. There are a lot of fucking NFL teams that need to reevaluate their scouts. And that's where a guy like Ryan Pace eats. Yeah. And I think it also has to, I think it also has a lot to do with continuity between the front office and the coaching staff and stuff like that. And being able to build a vision together. Um, I think that's, that's kind of why it works so well for Bill Belichick. And I know other people have tried it like Bill O'Brien and, and uh, Adam Gaze for a short time, I guess. And a couple uh, chip Kelly's the other big one that was like a GM and a coach at the same time, but Bill Belichick knows what he wants in his system. And he drafts that way. And he, he finds guys that are, would be considered steals. But I think if you put them on a different team, they probably wouldn't be that good. We see that happen a lot. Like there are guys that would be considered more system guys guy like Kyle Duggar this year, a guy that there was, you know, a good amount of tape on him, but he played at a lower level. So people had a lot of question marks and that's someone that is a hybrid too. He's like a linebacker slash safety. So that's right down Belichick's alley. And he actually got Gunnar, well, Gunnar Ochesky got himself on uh on all pro as a D three guy. So shout out. Yeah, to and him. you think about, and you think about Bill Belichick as like the coach slash GM. Like a lot of people want to say he doesn't, he doesn't really have many splashy picks in his drafts. Like to be honest, but he doesn't really pay anyone either, but his teams are always pretty good. And realistically, they had a chance to win some games that cam kind of lost them this year or Studfeld or whoever the hell they had back there. Um, but I just think, yeah, I, I think that's the reality of it. Um, but we're going to move into the all pro stuff just because we we've, we've kind of covered it and, we're preaching to people how we shouldn't fucking be talking about stuff that's in the off season when we got a game in front of us. And that's exactly what we're doing. So we're going to just cover these all pro roads awards real quick and uh, yeah, get moving. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the biggest story has to be 
Roquan Smith. You know, I feel like this entire this podcast, most all of Bears Twitter, we kind of beat the point home that Roquan Smith is an All Pro linebacker. You know, I I don't think it was that hard to see. I think he came into this season with that chip on his shoulder. You know, he was. He was the guy, man. He was the guy on this defense. He took over that Danny Trevathan role that Danny kind of shared with him, you know, kind of as leader of this defense. But he kind of he took that over and showed exactly why he is the exact fit you want in a modern day NFL defense. He is the modern day NFL linebacker. That that is what you want. That is what every team out there that wants a middle linebacker, they want Roquan Smith. And, you know, I, I think he's the prototype. And I think the other prototype is Devin white. And they were both left off the first team, all pro list, but both were named second team, all pro list. I think both guys were snubbed and Warner and Wagner didn't deserve to be there. Yeah, dude, Devin white was outstanding at college too. And he's just continued that in the NFL level, you know, um, obviously Fred Warner for whatever reason, you know, San Francisco always kind of gets, uh, kind of preferential treatment when it comes to stuff like this. I feel like you always have a one defender, you know, on there. DeForest Buckner was usually on there. He's on there again this year. Um, obviously Buckner's out with the 49ers anymore, but still a point remains. Um, you know, Bobby Wagner, I have a really higher time arguing with it, but my one argument to Bobby Wagner is how bad the Seattle defense is. Garbage. Yeah. So with that, I look at Bobby Wagner's stat line and I look at Roquan Smith's stat line and Roquan Smith's stat line looks a lot more impressive to me, especially considering that he didn't play a lot in that last game. And when you add the fact, if, if that's what the criteria is, I guess that's my biggest question. What the fuck is the criteria for this? Because if the criteria is that you need to lead a good defense, Roquan Smith led a better defense than a guy like Bobby Wagner while putting up better statistics. So I just, I don't quite understand how, it just none of it makes sense, you know. I don't. I think it. Exact- I think it has a. Unfortunately, I think it has a, a a Pro Bowl effect with the AP. I don't know how many people actually vote. I could probably count up all the different votes for different for, for different uh, participants or whatever. But I think. I mean, I don't know how many people actually vote on it. It's got to be like fifty three or something weird like that. It says, I just uh, don't understand. Fifty total. Fifty media. Fifty. Members. Wow, I was pretty close. Yeah. I think, so it's I just think- like, fuck them. I think my thing is with this is kind of the same point that Duke has. Like, I feel like that San Francisco defense has a different level of respect and has for quite some time. It goes all the way back to like Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman. But, but the Bears have just as historically good of a fucking defense. So why would oh, not get the respect? It's, but it's I feel Chicago like effect, I feel like the Niners defense is their identity. And I know it's our identity too, but we've talked about on this podcast how our team lacked an identity as a whole. And I also feel like whether it's the national media or even our own Jason Lock and Fora, like people fucking hate this team. It's stupid. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, this, the Chicago bears are like, I don't know how, how else to like put it. Obviously we're probably the biggest bears fans at on tap. But, like, the Chicago Bears is bigger than the Cubs. It's, it's bigger than the Sox. It's bigger than the Bulls. It's bigger than the Blackhawks. So I don't understand the, like, negative stigma that even the the hometown people have towards it. I feel like a guy like Roquan Smith, his numbers do the talking. Numbers don't lie. The eye in the sky also never lies. And I know he has had plays where he hasn't been in the right run fit or he's gotten beat. Uh, I forgot who it was on the Colts that Philip Rivers was talking shit to him at the end of the game. Like he's not perfect, but he's our all pro con. He definitely deserves 
a trip to wherever the fuck the Pro Bowl is this year because I don't even know where it is anymore. They changed. I think it's in Florida. And for him to not get this award, if for some reason he is able to get enough cortisone and enough drugs in his system to get him out on the field on Sunday, that's going to be one pissed off linebacker out there making some plays. So I don't know. I really don't think he's going to get to play. We'll get to that in the injury report. But this is something that is going to continue to make him work harder, not only in the offseason, but during practice and during the games to make sure that he's not left out. At the end of the day, we know he wants to win Super Bowls and win titles, but to be recognized by the people that cover the sport. And we know he'll be recognized properly by the peers in the NFL top 100. But at a certain point, you got to fucking give credit where it's due. And it's just, it keeps evading him for whatever reason. Maybe he's yeah. many porn stars. I don't know. It's possible. No. And, and that's uh, even the top 100 list kind of spits in the bear's face a lot of the time too, to be honest. Um, no, but I think, I think um, I just imagine how good all pro Quan would be if, if, Chuck didn't tuck his sack back and fart in his balls all the time. You know what I mean? Like if he actually could put him in good positions to make plays, go ahead. Well, well, dude, what's even crazier is how good he is regardless. Like what, when you look at this compared to all these other all pro middle linebackers, Roquan Smith in 16 games, I'll, I'll call it 15 and a half. Cause he didn't play. He didn't end up finishing that Packer game. Obviously 139 tackles, two interceptions, four sacks, 18 tackles for loss. That is insanity. Anyone who's ever played football, especially on the defensive side of the football knows that 18 tackles for loss in the 16 game season, really in any type of a season is fucking insanity. Like he was all over the football. He was everywhere that needed to be dude. Okay. You want to know why we remember Jonathan Taylor and fucking um, that running back from Tampa Bay that he missed tackles on those two players. Cause that's how rare it was. That's how rare it was that Roquan Smith was out of place or out of position or screwed up. So, yeah, you know, to kind of finish off that point, dude, hashtag all pro Quan, I will pound that to the absolute fucking end of the earth for the next 10 years, dude, because this is egregious. And listen, if we all thought the chip on Roquan Smith's shoulder was big before the season, dude, it's going to be it's going to have an entire fucking city on it next year. Yeah, um, that's I, I hope he's able to go and we'll get to that in the injury report and all that good stuff. But I also to cover like we're not just being like complete homers right now, because the reality is Khalil Mack was a second team all pro as well. And you look at T.J. Watt in front of him and uh, Miles Garrett. Both guys were absolute freaks this year. I was well, probably going to get defensive player of the year. It's a possibility. Both guys were absolute freaks this year. No one's complaining about Mac being only being a second team all pro. I think it's I think it's more than OK, but I think he was actually snubbed. And, and I think I'm just more disappointed that I, I mean, obviously, the Pro Bowl vote, you're like, whatever, it's a fan vote that takes portion of it. But the AP didn't give him any respect. And I thought the AP was going to make up for the Pro Bowl, but they didn't. And I know they gave him second team, but that's not fucking good enough because he played like damn near the I, in, in my opinion, it's him and Devin White were the two best linebackers you can pick or choose. And, and Darius Leonard was in it, too. And don't get me wrong. Darius Leonard is a good player, but he did not. Nice. He has he's not had anywhere near the season he had when he was an all pro and a fucking rookie like he was. That was a different thing. And I think once you get that reputation, same thing with Khalil Mack, he got some votes that probably he probably got more votes than some guys he should have because you get that reputation as a perennial all proler, all, all pro player. And you're going to automatically get that bit. It's almost like LeBron James or Michael Jordan getting a call at the line. You know what I mean? Um but let's move into this. Uh, let's move into this next. And that's how I see it with Bobby Wagner and Fred Warner, 100 um, percent, because they're, Bo- they're just Bobby so much Wagner. more well known. 
Yeah, Bobby Wagner, like I said, dude, I'm not too upset about that. It's just more that he got picked. It just makes me question the criteria. Put the fucking league on notice next year, Roquan. We got you. Hashtag all Roquan. That's our guy. Go ahead and get the shirt um, because he's number one in our hearts. That's for damn sure. But, Duke, let's get started with this injury report. All right. So, yeah, essentially what we covered um, earlier in the week, that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, Darnell Mooney, um, Darnell Mooney, Roquan Smith have still not shown really anything at practice. Um, so they're both sitting at questionable. Now there was a little bit of a, a uh, little bit of something when Matt Nagy was interviewed today about Darnell Mooney saying that he got Darnell movie working a little bit, even though he was put down as did not participate on Friday. So that's interesting. That makes you kind of think that they are trying to get Darnell Mooney going. I almost think that's going to be a game time decision that might end up putting Darnell Mooney on the field. That's, that's probably the one that I'm most optimistic about Roquan with his elbow, dude. I know we just sat here and praised him. And I know like we talked about earlier in the week, him having maybe that playoff juice. You know, I, I, I hate guys getting cortisone shots, but you know, he's the type of guy that would probably do that for his fucking team. Um, but I, I really think it's gamesmanship with him. I don't think he's going to end up playing. He is sitting at questionable, but yeah, I guess we'll I guess we'll have to see, but I, my gut feeling is that he's not going to end up playing. Um, Jalen Johnson's been limited all week. He is sitting at questionable. I think he's going to try to at least try to go on on he Sunday. Should. That's for damn sure, dude. We need him. Yeah, he really we really do, and um, that'll kind of uh, set up for whoever's in the slot. I'm assuming they're going to stick with Duke Shelley in there. But um, and then outside of that, the one that kind of popped up here towards the end of the week is Josh Woods with a uh, toe and glute injury is sitting at questionable, which raises a lot of questions and beat on smiling already because I already know what he's going to bring up and uh, I'll let him take the floor. That's that. I don't want to get my ass burnt coverage. injury, bro. Oh, no, I thought I thought you were going to bring up uh, fucking Manti Teo, buddy. Oh, no, oh. no. I Duke, thought you were uh, Lucas that's was like a, Lucas was giving me all the shit in the world about my boy Manti earlier in the week. Dude, I I'm I didn't give you any shit. That was ESPN, bro. They like went like the most deep dive in a catfish situation I've ever seen in my man. fucking life. It was, did, I can't did they, wait. Like, I can't wait. I, jump on it. All I, I gotta say, so man, is I can't wait till they run that thirty for thirty for Mac Jones's DUI. He's, you know, the Maxwell, the most outstanding player on and off the field. Okay, all right. All right, a little bit ND bias going on in the college football world, but it's okay. We're the best of the rest. We're the best tier two team. We're definitely not the national champs, but fuck it. I feel like one thing that I did leave out, well, I didn't leave out, but I was I was just listening. Darnell Mooney's not missing this fucking game. He's from that area. He played at Tulane. I know me and Lucas get Tulane and Tulsa confused often. We also pick a lot of players from each school, but Mooney's not going to miss that game. And can you imagine how fast he's going to be on that fucking turf, dude? Dude, I I really think that turf is going to be a fucking game changer in in all honesty. Because if you and think Trey, back, oh, you didn't get there. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Hold on. No, you're good. Uh, if you think back to the 2017 game that I was bringing up uh, on the last episode, like that was actually a really tight game, and I don't think we were nearly as talented as that Saints as that Saints roster, and that Saints roster is almost identical to what it was. So that's I really think this turf could play a big uh, a big role, especially with how we're kind of quick hitting offense. You know, getting wasn't guys. That the Zach, wasn't that the Zach Miller game? Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. 
hey, we got to get one for him then. This has become the Zach Miller revenge game de facto. And he does uh, – he's a Miller Lite guy. He's on every every game day. He's drinking some Miller Lights in his little Mitchy Mitch Miller Lite sweater, That's getting good. after it. That's – he's a great Bears ambassador. That's one thing I'll say about our former players. But on the topic of our current players, if a guy like Jalen Johnson can't go, like – and on the reverse end of the spectrum, I know we haven't gotten to the Saints – if they got like Michael Thomas going, we don't have Jalen Johnson going, then I'm going to be a little bit worried. Yeah, I guess on that note, I guess I should pick up on the Saints because that is an important point. Um, one thing I do want to bring up with that, um, in case anyone hasn't, you know, kind of followed it, the Saints have until Saturday afternoon to activate both Michael Thomas and um, Alvin Kamara. There hasn't been anything said by the team. Obviously, Alvin Kamara tweet, uh, put it out on Twitter that he's he's back. So there's a good chance we're going to see Alvin Kamara. Michael Thomas has still been fairly up in the air. We haven't heard anything about that, but I would assume by Saturday afternoon, obviously we're going to know, but I guess, I guess we really got to be prepared for both of them to be out there. And that's, uh, I that's think they're both going to play. I think they're both going to play to be honest. And there was like a thing and I don't get me wrong. I hate like quoting ESPN and taking it as fact, but they were kind of talking about how, Michael Thomas, the only games he's played is when Taysom Hill was starting and they're saying it could have some, I don't know what it could have to do with, but I think they're saying that like, there's some tension going on between breeze and, and Michael Thomas or something like that. So I think, I, I don't know Michael what's Thomas, going on. He got into a fight at the beginning. I know he got into a fight. Yeah. But then like, he got in a fight with my, Gardner Johnson though. I mean, yeah, he was, yeah. he was on my fucking, off. On my fucking fantasy <laughs> team. He ruined my, my one league. And it's, a I don't know. I, I think the thing is with Michael Thomas is he runs one fucking route. Okay. He runs a slant really well, does it very well. Okay. You put a safety over the top, you play him tight, you get some hands on him, and you keep him, you just don't let him beat you deep. Because I know it feels like a point that we drive home every week, but this is a quarterback in Drew Brees that's not going to beat us with the deep ball. I will put my meat on the table right now and tell you all that that's not going to happen. Now, if that's over 20 yards, there's some yak involved, Okay. No, hundred percent. I mean, he could throw a 25 yard ball. Let's be real here. He's a pro fucking quarterback, but no, he, he doesn't, he's not going to kill you deep. And that's the reality of it. Um, but I think I, I, Michael Thomas is a huge threat, dude. Let's not shell it short. Alvin Kamara coming back. Like that is not going to be good for the bears. But at the end of the day, dude, you should, you should want to play the fucking saints. Like, and, and like I said, you should want to play spoiler against this team. It doesn't matter who's at quarterback. It doesn't matter who's playing receivers. It doesn't matter at this point because the reality is Sean Payton will always put up his points. And we've talked about that before. And I truly believe with what we're talking about with Drew Brees, if Chuck Pagano just kind of emulates his exact same game plan where he's playing that he played against the Packers, uh, essentially against the guy who can beat you deep. I, I think he's just got to keep, keep going with that. Like you don't need to make an adjustment from last week in my opinion, because you want to make Drew Brees try to throw over the top. Like uh, you want to make him try to do that. It's that simple. He's not, he's not, he's not the same quarterback and he's always been kind of like, he's always been able to load up. But I felt like even back in the day, he would wind his whole body up to chuck it deep. Like he had, he'd fucking put everything into it. So in in my opinion, like he's always been a death by a thousand paper cuts type efficient quarterback. And that's what you got to watch for. And that, I mean, let's be real here. They, they put up their points against us in uh, uh, the last time they came to Soldier Field. I mean, dude, play tight cover one with Eddie Jackson over the top as a, as the safety. 
play guys tight at man, have one guy in the middle, whether that's fucking Danny T or Dion Bush or Sean Gibson, whatever you want to do, have him play fucking zone, have Jalen Johnson and Kyle Fuller play fucking tight on those receivers because Drew Brees is not going to beat us deep. You know, Drew Brees can throw a football. I'll give him that. I, you know, he is definitely cooked. I don't think he's Peyton Manning in his final run cooked, but he's definitely there. You know, he's kind of hovering in that fucking ballpark. I'd like to argue that it's it's possible he's a, it just as oh, dude. as Peyton, Peyton was Peyton was bad on the that last, last run. I'll tell you right now, the last stretch of like five games was horrific. It Peyton was threw garbage. like eight touchdowns and eleven picks that year. Like Peyton he was, was getting he got outplayed by Brock Osweiler. He was bad. I mean, I, I listen. I, I'll say with you guys, say Drew Brees cooked, but. Peyton Manning cooked is a whole different level of cook. That's like burnt to a crisp black breaking apart, man. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Kind of that point, man. I just really hope we play these wide receivers tight. You know, it doesn't, you know, like you said, it doesn't matter who's out there. It doesn't matter if it's Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas, Jimmy fucking Thomas, Jimmy Taylor. It don't fucking matter. Play him tight. Make fucking Drew Brees beat you over the top and uh, tackle Alvin Kamara. You know, have have someone just keep an eye on Alvin Kamara out of the backfield at all times, dude. If you want to use Deion Bush or Sean Gibson and that sub linebacker and just have him be on Alvin Kamara's ass all day, dude, make it like fucking Jimmy Butler on LeBron James. You know what I mean? Put, put, put your guy out there that you want covering that guy all fucking day. Keep him on him all fucking day. Alvin Kamara goes and gets some Gatorade. That boy can go get some Gatorade, you know, Keep that fucking idea out there. But, you know, outside of that, I guess kind of finishing up the injury report for the Saints, you know, two big ones, obviously Kamara and Thomas. We'll see how that pans out. Obviously, it's probably Kamara's going to be back. Thomas is up in the air. Um, Nick Easton, their center guard, he's going to be out for this game. So that's potential for a guy like Akeem Hicks or our boy Blau Nichols, you know, possibly getting the pressure on the inside. And this is actually a pretty big one. This guy, a lot of people don't know, Trey Hendrickson. Who is actually yeah. the leading sack? Uh, I believe he leads the Saints in sacks. He is going to be out of this game as well. Second in the NFL. Yeah, which is a, huge. And he's an interior rusher as well. Yeah. So that's almost which like bodes, an Aaron Aaron Donald type player. And that, and that bodes really well for our in, interior offensive linemen. So possibly get the ball running with uh, David Montgomery in a situation like that. Yeah, I mean he's he is an anchor on that defense, no doubt about it. So I think it's I think it's a possibility. Um, the bears are able to expose that running game again. And if you don't remember that, like I know that the New Orleans saints have been incredible against the run for pretty much like two and a half years, but Philly fucking found the key to, to run against them. Like you can, you can expose them. And like I said, the bears put up, I believe over a hundred total yards of rushing when they faced them. But Dave Montgomery only had, I want to say 89, but he had like a ton in the first quarter and then they stopped going I mean, we've heard yeah. that story before, right? Like, I don't want the ball after the first half. We stopped running the fucking ball because we're Jagoffs. Uh, I did hear, though, that David Montgomery does have the second most carries in the NFL since week 12, though. Yeah. I, I, want, I wonder what changed. Well, I the also do color. know. I also the play color Jagoff is my <laughs> answer. But that's one thing we haven't talked about. Keep the fucking Waffle House menu out of that man's hands on Sunday. Right, dude. I want him just fucking cross arm. I just yeah, just, just so we, be a need a, we need a guy to put him in handcuffs or just a guy have the hands guy like Nagy. Wear your hands. Show me your hands. Like, do not touch the play call sheet. That's up to the la- that's up to the tractor beams, Mister Laser. You know what? You know what Matt Nagy can do. He can point out to Bill Laser every time Marcus Williams is on the field. Bingo! Barbecue fucking chicken. <laughs> 
I'm, 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 I'm. Call me. Um, I got a question for you guys. Do you think it's possible that the Bears activate Riley Ridley and deactivate Javon Wims for this game because of the last game? Nah. And I, I, I bet, the only I reason bet you we let it roll. Well, it's it's possible we see Ridley up there too as well, just because Darnell Mooney and I might not be able to play a lot of snaps. Um, so I do think that's a possibility we see him active. But I I, I wouldn't pa- listen. I'm personally am like it's football. He got into a fight. It was a stupid ass decision. It was an egregious fight, realistically. But I'm not. You know, people were saying to cut him, and this it's like who the fuck. Come on now, it's football. Let's let's not tuck our sack back and completely pl- blow the French horn all over our nutsacks. Like, sweet. let's be real here. It's football, yeah. Like, come on now. But I think like, like, a, like a ricochet fart. Like you know how like if you, if you like fart in when you're taking a shit, you fart into the ball. Yeah. It's just, it's just great because I know exactly who Lucas referring to with this. <laughs> but yeah. no, I meant like an extra loud fart for sure. But no, the the reality is, um, Javon Wims was pulled aside. Like he like someone had a whole thread about how it. Javon Wims was like on the sidelines for 11 minutes before fucking going back out there and making that decision. And it was at a time that was extremely crucial. And, and I'm not going to say cost the game because it was pretty early, but it put the bears in a very bad fucking spot. And I just don't know, like maybe they just can't trust him to keep his cool in this game. They're like, you know what? We're not going to, we're not going to roll you out there. Or maybe they play him and he just doesn't get a lot of snaps. Cause I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. It, it showed a, a, a very, after being on the sidelines for that long and having your coach tell you not to go do that and just like disregarding everything right after you, you're like getting a drive going and just waiting for this guy to get on the field before you fucking punch him in his helmet. Like, can you really trust him in a playoff game in the same situation against that guy? Obviously, that's that Georgia about- Bulldog shit, bro. George is notorious for that shit. I, I, like I said, like I don't, I, I don't advocate for him getting cut or, but I'm just saying, like you have to truly think about that as a coaching staff. Like we fucking sat this guy down and told him not to do it. That's a very smart, great, and well thought out point, Lucas. And that's exactly why Matt Nagy's not going to listen to you because he believes in his hardest of hearts that Javon Wims has learned, and he is officially a team guy. And he had a great week of practice. All right. Well. <laughs> That's fucking sums up that name. Dude, I can't believe they announced that. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me with this, dude? I don't give a fuck that we went to the playoffs two, two out of three years. Like, get the fuck out of here. This guy's a joke. So I do have a show note. I told you guys in the, in the chat the other day, but through my arena football connections and just like connections through developmental football, Matt Nagy's arena football coach reached out to me. Uh, in the DMs, I don't remember what tweet it was that I released. I think it was in regards to the fourth and one play call. And he goes, he starts the message off with, yeah, I was Matt's coach in, in the arena leagues. Had to bench him. He was throwing too many picks. That's how the message started off. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Wait, this happened I swear when? to fucking Christ, dude. I'm not going to say any names, but that's how the message started off. And hey, what happened with the rest of the message, beat on? Uh, let me pull it up. Let me see what I mean. That's some pretty good well, tea, my guy. Like you telling it, me, Matt Nagy's old coach told you he was a jag off, and you didn't decide to bring that up. He goes, "All right, so here, this is what he said." He goes, "Nagy played QB for me in the Arena League back in 2004 for the Carolina Cobras. I actually benched him with six games left because he was throwing now. way too many picks." That's all he <laughs> said. I love Matt, dear friend, but it's been hard to watch on this season. 
Just my opinion, but I think he's scared to death to let Trubisky do anything other than conservative stuff they've done. Probably because he doesn't think Trubisky can do it. And this is like, this is a guy that's coached in the XFL, the AFL. Like, this is a guy that knows his shit, coaches at the professional level. He just fucking DM you. Bro, because I have you guys think I'm lying. I know you when have I, arena, I, no, I know you have arena league. I uh, I was sending him players when he was with I forgot which XFL or AAF team, and uh, yeah, he just he follows me on Twitter. A, a lot of the people that I do arena with know that I cover like the media side of it, and he just wanted to bounce that off me. I, I mean, that's someone that I've never met personally in person, but all these people that I meet through arena and stuff like that is just networking and when you have a guy like matt Nagy who ran in some of the same circles that i'm running in right now you fall across some dimes like that that's ridiculous that's awesome i literally the only reason i buy this is just like watching matt Nagy's fucking like mic'd up highlights from the arena league like he looks like a guy that like nobody would ever acknowledge that they know in person you know what I mean? Like, if you're like, public he looks like him. he looks like a gym class hero. Like I know because I was a gym class hero. Like it was the Super Bowl or the World Series or Game Seven of the NBA Finals when two fifteen popped off and it was gym class. Like that's where Matt Nagy gives off that type of vibe. But uh, I might go down a rabbit hole and watch some of his highlights on YouTube after we're done recording. Now that I think of it, dude, I, I, I will send you. I will send you the fucking link. He's like screaming at players after he throws a pick six and it's hilarious. He goes, he goes nuts, dude. Yeah. I'm sure. No, that, and it comes off in his fucking interviews too. When he's talking about receivers running the route two yards too shallow and shit. It's always fucking the receivers fault. Screaming into the sky and shit. Like he's I a swear. fucking wild man. This year, if, uh, if arena football comes back, I have a client that'll be playing in green Bay. We're going to come up to Kankakee and see you Duke. And we're going to go to an arena game together and just have I'm, time fucking 100 percent all for that dude all right let's transition now because we're running kind of long on time and um instead of just doing our normal bold and you know score prediction where we predict that the bears beat the fuck out of every single team they face we're gonna <laughs> actually just go ahead <laughs> we're just gonna which we are eight and eight on those picks <laughs> yeah, that is true we're just as good as jason lock and fucking stock and barrel confora jason um, lock no. and flock of that flames. was a mouthful goddamn I was thinking about like lock, stock, and barrel. I think that's a movie or so. I don't know. It's old school stuff. But um, pop lock and drop it. I don't. I don't know where. I don't know what it's from. I think it's like a western or something like that. I'm not sure. Maybe I said something offensive. I'm sorry if I did. Um, but no. The the reality is uh, not to Jason Lock and Fora. To just the general public. He can go. Jason can obviously. I can do you know. All I can do is think of Jason in a fucking cowboy hat. Now that you brought up a fucking western. <laughs> Now I actually have to look it up. We're going to go over the picks in a second, but Oh my god. <laughs> I can just see him like pulling up to the to the showdown or the shootout with like a Red Rider BB gun. <laughs> just lock four in the cut, baby. Let's ride. He just got his fucking profile picture on Twitter just like he's fucking riding a horse. I guess it's yeah, just and an I can't I can't Saint. wait for the graphic that's going to be all uh Saints. All Saints. It's going to be all Saints on every network. Over under yeah. how many how many times they play Saints marching through during the broadcast? Oh, they can go fuck themselves, all of them. Um, no, but it, it actually means something about it's like an English thing. So you know, our guy Derek across the pond. I know he's from from the UK. So Wanker. yeah, that Wanker, Wanker, Derek. He'll know what lock, stock, and barrel is or whatever it is, but it says it's something about like an English term for a gun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, at the end, of, it maybe is a movie too. But I I don't know. It's that's. 
that's really irrelevant at this point. We're way off base, yeah. We're in, fucking, we're in the scary hours. We've crossed over midnight. We're just fucking rambling at this point. Let's <laughs> ride. We're, we've All crossed right. into tinfoil hat hours. It's it's worse than that. But we're going into the Saturday games. We have the Colts and the Bills. Buffalo's minus six and a half. Obviously, they're in Buffalo. Buffalo, in my opinion. Well, let's put a little wager on this. What do you guys want to... Um, you know, we're going to put these graphics out with our picks. Like, what do you guys want to wager here? Obviously, it shouldn't be substantial. It should be more, like, humiliating, if anything. I'm not eating any more hot dogs. I'll just yeah. say that right now. Dude, I already have a fucking pending bet about fucking au jus, so nothing Italian beef related either. All right. How about the uh, the uh, losers split the winner? They got a, they got to Uber Eats them something, and they the winners split it. How about if you, the, if you the winner win, the winner gets it and you, you two split the cost of what I order from Uber Eats? Your fat ass is gonna order yeah. like bro. That's like three hundred bucks, man. I, I'll send you a fucking tub of G Fuel. We'll call it straight if you win. <laughs> no, I think you should. We're coming drink, up with something at some point. And we'll find out. I think you should drink another gallon of Ashu. Ah, oh, dude, I'm not looking forward to that. Like fucking Ryan Pace needs to fucking stay. <laughs> That that's I that's a terrible bet that you made. I don't know what you're gonna do to your your sodium. All right, let's let's just get into it. Um, Buffalo is minus six and a half against the Colts. Who do you guys like? I'm gonna go first because I'm the Josh Allen guy on this podcast. Take Buffalo minus six and a half. Take the team total. If you're a prop bet guy, throw some Josh Allen bets in there. Don't think this is gonna be particularly close. And Philip Rivers is one in five in cold weather games under like I think like 34 or 33 degrees so take that how you will yeah I uh I'm not I'm not gonna get all analytical but I think Buffalo is gonna end up winning I think it's actually gonna be a little bit closer of a game than people think just because of how good the Colts defense is and Josh Allen has been given issues against good defenses this year he has kind of beat up on some bad ones so far you know played the Jets well, twice he did just swing his dong around and slap it all over the Miami Dolphins for 52 points as well. So uh, Miami Dolphins, I mean, Dolphins yeah. could have had Jay Herbo, man. Could have had. Jay why, do you, why do you No, Seriously? Why do you hate Josh Allen? I think, I think we need to get, no, 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 it's not even me hating Josh Allen. I was about Punching to shit all over. Every weekend. Weekend. I mean, no, I don't, I don't hate Josh Allen, dude. Josh Allen proved me wrong. I, I can't hate him. I just, before thought that the dude had a big arm, couldn't hit the broad side of a fucking barn, and he has proven me wrong. So Simple you um taking the ball, the bills or the yeah I'm taking the bills yeah I just think it's minus be six close. and a half yeah I no I, I gotta go yeah no we're not picking straight winners we're picking yeah. against the spread minus guys. six and a half is, they got to win by a touchdown sorry I can't fucking bet every week I'm not saying you can't bet I'm, I'm not listen this is just how we're doing it dog so you pick you want the Colts plus six and a half or do you want Fucking imagine Bills dudes like Sunday morning trying to put his bets in. Like, fuck, which one do I want? Bro, so just, Johnson. Fuck you. I'm sorry that my state's slow at legalizing cool things. Like, we haven't even legalized the fucking devil's lettuce up here yet. I don't know, That's dude. True. I'll take the Bills, whatever. I don't give a shit. I'm yeah, just doing I gotta go things. with the Bills. Uh, you're you're picking the spread whether you like it or not. I don't think you realize it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna mark it down. Um, I'm also taking the Bills minus six because I don't. I, I have to disagree with Duke. While Josh Allen did destroy some bad defenses, he also put up 
40 on the Broncos and 52 on the Dolphins. And he just, he's literally at this point, he's a helicopter. Yeah. He's just swinging. It's so hardcore that meat. I mean, it's, he turned into a helicopter. So I'm going to go with the bills minus, I I think realistically the bills are going to be able to score on anybody and the Colts are not going to be able to, to handle that. Um, We're going to move on to the Rams versus the Seahawks Rams enters the wild card team. Thank you for giving us that help. Um, and they're going to the Seahawks. The Seahawks are minus three, which I believe Jared Goff's playing. Am I mistaken? My dad even texted me, and he's like, I honestly want Wofford to play instead of Goff. So that's, they're kind of going through the same type of shit we go through. But uh, that's also that up in the right now. I think either way, uh, the game's going to be a tight game. Both games that they played this year were, like, real close. But – I got to go Rams plus three. I got Seattle. I can't bet against Russell Wilson. Yeah, I can for sure. Um, I'm going to TikTok. No, I'm happened? not even on TikTok, dog. There's a TikTok of him and Sierra in bed. Very cringe. Take everything that you own and put it on the Rams. Yeah, no, the cringe Rams. Cringe or not, he still goes to bed with Sierra every night. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But I don't, I mean, I'm not going to be that guy, but I am going to be that guy. Was she not? Was that just a rumor that she was a hermaphrodite when we were growing up? Or, what? Like, I'm, I, I, that's the question I ask every time I see them together. I don't know. Hey, she had the song, my goodies. It was a banger, bro. For sure. But I'm going to take the Rams plus three, because I think the Rams, the, the Seahawks have been really falling into a rut offensively and DK Metcalf cooled down hard. Um, and I think the Rams defense is too good for them to handle. And kind of Sean McVay has that similar effect with um, that, that Sean Payton does where he's able to, regardless of who his quarterback is, he should be able to put up some points. Um, I know that the, you know, the Cardinals game didn't look that hot offensively, but I, I, I think it'll be tight. Um, so I'd definitely take the three points um, moving on to the Buccaneers versus Washington. Buccaneers are traveling to Washington. Obviously Washington got in at seven and nine, but because they're a division winner, they're hosting the game. Tampa Bay is minus eight on the road, which is essentially if Tampa Bay's at home, they're minus 11. I'm taking no doubt about it. I'm taking Washington plus eight. I don't think, I mean, I don't, Washington is the one team that can get to the quarterback really well. And if you have this team and a Bruce Arians led Tom Brady team, that's really trying to stretch the field and have longer developing routes and stuff like that. I think it could be a bad recipe. Tom Brady is not good under pressure. I think the bucks win this game, but I definitely think the, uh, the, the Redskins cover the eight points. Yeah, for the same reason. I think they have a good secondary, too. They have a, a – I don't remember what it graded at, but I know we don't care about PFF gradings. But uh, they have good young pieces in that secondary. And then, like you said, their D-line can get home with four, like any so unit in the car. Their D-line is in – it's actually inhumane. When they get a real, like, quarter – like, when they get some things going, that's going to be unfair. Chase Young is definitely going to sack Tom Brady on, on Saturday or tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, eight points – a lot of points in a playoff football game and I'm going with the football team. I mean, and they got Johnny like, Bostic and Kevin Pierre Lewis balling for him this year as well. Two former bears, middle linebackers Jesus Christ. I got, I got, I got to go with Tampa dude, just because uh, Tyler Henneke is probably starting a quarterback for the Washington football team. They ain't putting points on the board. I'm sorry. Yeah, they, they haven't put points on the board all year, but the, for some reason they haven't Seven, been getting no. blasted. They're going to somehow make that game like 12 to three or like, yeah, it's going to be like 12 to three. They're going to win by nine. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think Antonio Brown coming out of slots going to be nasty. I something, just, something I, for him. I don't know, man. Ron Rivera was like getting chemo treatments at halftime. I, I just don't see that guy going down 
without a fight. Points, yeah. Without like, like without getting knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I do, we're gonna I do love these. me some Ron Rivera. I will say that though. Yeah, we're gonna move into the Sunday slate. Um, morning game. We got the Ravens at the Titans, and actually a repeat of uh last year's what was it divisional round um where game. the Ravens were fourteen and two. Now it's a now it's a little bit of a switch job. It's going to be in Nashville. Um, Baltimore is minus three though. Still, what? I'm taking. I'm sorry. I got to take the Titans. I'm going Ravens. Uh, the Titans they won this game earlier in the year and they won it last year. But the Titans defense has taken a serious shit. Well, it's hard to take a team. It's hard to beat a three team times. Yeah, it's hard to beat a team. Like, I was just waiting. <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, I honestly, like, we talked about it when we had our Titans episode. They are the worst fucking D-line in the league. And you can't have the worst D-line in the league go against the most athletic and mobile quarterback in the league. Shout out to Alabama. And, uh, yeah, they have the best running game in the league, too, I would say. So I feel like it's going to be one of those games where Ravens are going to have their way. There's going to be a shit ton of points. That's going to be one of the most fun games of the weekend, though, I think. That game might end and like if they don't force too many TV timeouts, like that game might end in less than 60 minutes somehow. I'm rolling with Lamar, like, dude. I got to take Baltimore. I got the yeah, Oakies take- out and fucking everything, baby. No, yeah, I'm taking the Titans. Um, Titans this man are- shit his pants and came out and won a football game. How can you go against him? Against the Browns. Yeah. Against the Browns. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Actually, yeah, and, and that too. That's more of the reason why I take the Ravens. Because of the narrative, because he can't win this big game on the on the big stage. I don't, I don't, I I don't think it's. I'm sure he's gonna play pissed off, but I think at the end of the day, dude, like the Titans can put up a lot of fucking points, and if yep. they get out to an early lead, like we've talked about, the Ravens have a really hard time covering a deficit. So Mike Vrabel, I just feel Mike Vrabel, like, uh, his meat is quite literally on the table slash butcher block right now because they yeah. are in the playoffs. I just think. Um, you know, I just think there's more pathways for the. <laughs> I, I, I just think there's more pathways for the Titans to win. They can come back, and if they get ahead, the 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 Ravens are essentially screwed. Um, but let's go ahead. We're going to talk about the night game before the Bears. Um, Browns going into Pittsburgh. They haven't won there for like 20 years. Um, I think they haven't won for like 10 years realistically. But they beat them on Week 17 with you know the whole team out, and they actually almost lost that game. Pittsburgh is giving them six points, which uh, this is a tough one for me. Usually I've been pretty decisive. What do you guys think? Give me the Browns. Give me the Browns, Baker and the boys. I feel like the Steelers really fell off at the end of the year, uh, right after, even before they lost to the football team. It's tough to say. I still feel like the Steelers will probably win the game, but it's going to be close, maybe like a field goal to win it. Also have to remember, too, Cody Parkey is on the fucking Browns. So it sucks for me to say that. But I feel like the Browns will keep it within six points. I've got to go with Pittsburgh just because Pittsburgh, just strictly for, like, the narrative of it, Pittsburgh has owned Cleveland for, like, the last 20. For as long as this new version of Cleveland Browns has existed, Pittsburgh has like fucking straight up owned those motherfuckers. Um, I think Cleveland does have a really talented team. I think they come in with momentum, but especially with a lot of the stuff that COVID hit with them with their head coach and some of their players. That's so tough I, too. Yeah, I know. I think that's really going to have a big effect on the game as well. So 
And, you know, you guys know that I'm still pretty high on the Steelers, you know, as much as fucking Ben's arm strength is just kind of falling off a cliff. Um, I still think they're a talented squad. I think their defense is really talented. And I think if you can get pressure to Baker, he'll give you the football. So, yeah, I, gotta go with Pittsburgh I, in this. I wish I could opt out of this because I think it could really go either way. Um but I think because you have your head coach, like a solidified solid head coach that has won a Super Bowl in games in the playoff versus a staff that's pretty young and doesn't have their head coach. I, I got to go with the Steelers. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, there's money. What am I thinking? Um, Bears are facing the Saints. The Saints are getting having covering the largest spread, which is kind of insane to me that the Saints uh, it actually wouldn't be if if. Yeah, 10 points. It would be 11 points if if the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers were at home. But it's the largest deficit, bar none. Um, I mean, fuck, dude. You'd have to hope that the Bears can cover 10 points. So let's be real here. Meet on the table. Bears are winning by 100. Thousand, baby. Yes, true. The money yeah, line, man. the plus 10, I think you can just put us all down for the plus 10. But we should, from this point, I'm definitely going to go out and just kind of parlay this into our meet on the table predictions. And I'm going to go out and say that Eddie Jackson is going to get a pick six this game. Duh, wouldn't that be fucking beautiful, dude? Off, off um, barbecue breeze, baby. Barbecue brisket breeze. Barbecue chicken alert. Just fucking tipping it up to him. That'd be beautiful. Um, I think mine has to be. Oh, you know, I, I saw a really good one with Robert Quinn online. Somebody fucking straight up put their meat on the table, said two sacks and a tackle for loss. He's really having a game. But I think I'm going to switch over to the offensive side of the football. I think Mitch throws for three, three touchdowns in this bad boy. I think he's hearing this Watson noise, and I think he just goes fucking bananas on the turf. Now, was that person's meat on the table or on the guillotine? Because I don't think Robert Quinn could get two sacks in a seven-game series. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, it caught me the fuck off guard. I'll, I will say that. I mean, I, I can't remember who said it off the top of my head. Shout out. I to know what article did. you're talking about. It was Brendan. Brendan. Uh, I, I forget his tag, but Brendan, the guy that's in our group chat. Um, he, he writes for someone. I don't know who. It wasn't even wrote, an article. It was some dude straight up replying to me on Twitter. Oh, this this kid, Brendan, pretty much said he's going to have the best game of his life. He wrote an article and he also wrote an article with a bold prediction saying that Mitchell Trubisky would get benched by Nick Foles if things got out of hand, which honestly, I don't see it being that too far fetched. Like maybe it just felt weird, but I don't I don't see it being that too far fetched, to be honest. Like if Nagy is safe and what a better way to fucking tell him I don't want you here. Like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. And there has been, I'm being very negative. I'm sorry, but there has been reports about Matt Nagy saying that he, he used to have dinner with uh, Mitch Trubisky all the time and blah, blah, blah. It's a deeper relationship. And, you know, I, I think football players are, are mature enough and coaches and stuff like that to understand that the business of the game and you need, you needing to produce and able to set that aside and still have good friendships. I think that's, that's common and, and happens every year. Um, so, you know, I don't want to say that relationships tarnished, but I, I'm just saying, I don't think it, I, I don't see it being completely out of bounds. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll give it to you. I mean, especially with Nick Foles in the fucking playoffs, kind of that whole narrative that plays around it. But man, like what is like, it, we talk about what Matt Nagy seen in Mitchell Trubisky, that what else does he need to see? What else do we need to see in Nick Foles at this point in his career? We saw it, bro. Oh, I'm not, I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying I saw an article that said that, and I it raised my interest. I thought it 
I didn't see it being that far fetched. That's all. Go ahead. No, I got you. I am all the way meat on the table for this game. Uh, and to be honest, like you guys said, I don't think it's going to be close. I got the Bears by a fucking thousand. Score prediction, I'm going 31 to 21 Chicago Bears. Reverse line, Bears minus Todd Baby. Duke, you got a score? Man, that was like damn near fucking identical to what I want to do. I'll take 31-24 then. I'll give him a fucking field goal. I think I'm going to actually go 42-31. to 31, The Chicago Bears winning by 11 points. Um, I, just, I just feel like, uh, you know, with the whole it possibly being the last game for Mitchell Trubisky and the Deshaun Watson stuff, I think he's going to go absolutely insane. I think he's going to have one of his better days he's ever had. And I, I know that the, the saints can cause problems for Mitchell Trubisky on defense in years previous and stuff like that. But I definitely think he has a, a, a very good game. And it's, I'm not saying it's just going to be him on his back. I think they're going to, I think bill laser is going to be smart enough to get Dave Montgomery going, especially with some of their injuries in the, on their interior and be able to open up some play action passes. And I think Mitch is just going to be on point. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to go off. I, I think the bears are going to, find a way to win this game. And as I think it's consistent with the fact that the bears on defense haven't been that good. And if Roquan's not there, they're going to let up some points. So in order for the bears to win, they're going to have to fucking go nuts. And Mitchie Mitch is the guy that's got to lead us there. Um, yeah, Mitch. that's about it. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, um, got one Sunday, episode. yeah, hopefully Sunday is in our last podcast podcast, but we're running really late on time. So we're going to get out of here. Make sure to go and check out the store at on tap sports and get your all pro Quan shirts. They are out hot, ready to go. Um, we're bears on tap. Go ahead and follow us at that handle or follow on tap sports for all of your Chicago sports needs. I'm Lucas Perfetti. You can go ahead and follow me at Lucas Perfetti 46. And I'm also joined alongside by that pod guy, Duke, Duke Coughlin and beat on 300 Brandon Suarez. Thank you guys very much and bear down. Bear down. Bear down.